0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We're talking NFC North today, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, and Minnesota Vikings. You're listening to Sean and Brad on Get Paid. Brad, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, my brother. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, it is what it is. I uh, have a, a little bit of a, of a health issue going on, but uh, you know, I'm not in the hospital not yet anyway, so it's all good. yeah. Um, yeah, man, so uh talking NFC North today, I know this division is near and dear to your heart because you're a Green Bay Packers fan, but I want to remind all of those who listen to the show that although Brad is a Green Bay Packers fan, he is a fatalist Green Bay Packers fan. So Correct. it does not it does not impact or impair his judgment too much unless he's in the midst like he was last year of a thirteen and three season, and then you just take the pack you can't you can't bet up against the Packers in the playoffs. I've learned that about you. Can't do that. No. It doesn't bet the bet in the playoffs. That's bad juju, bad karma. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, I know, like last year, it, we'll just kind of lead off the show with general talk from last year, and then we'll we'll talk about this year, I guess. But, you know, I, I think the division went about as, as I thought it would, except I didn't think that the Packers would win as many games as they did. Um, and I think that you don't think that or they won more than you thought too. They significantly exceeded expectations. The thirteen and three season. They did. They did. Um, you know, it's screw it. Let's just we usually do alphabetical, but let's just start off with the Green Bay Packers here, buddy. Okay. Um, so thirteen and three last year. I thought they were kind of one of those odd thirteen and three teams, like the weirdest one i can remember in that i didn't really find them to be that good um yep. and, and not to say that they're bad because i mean they were a playoff team they got the 2 seed but it was it was really weird because you know you go through as a better right you watch the games like we do um and then i go through and i have you know some some algorithms and you know different things that i have analytically speaking green bay their offense and defense like the yards per play distribution um the scoring the red zone stuff it wasn't that great, but they just kept winning games, and it was yeah, the weirdest thing. Yeah. We talked about it a bunch of times, but can you talk about that, about the dynamic of this team last year? Because it was just – I don't know how else to say it, but it was goofy. It was really
1: goofy. They were a strong team. They were a good team. They were an above-average team. Right. Right? I think they overachieved by way of record. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had good things. They're, okay, Aaron Jones, fantastic. That's the true. The guy's yeah. lightning in a bottle, right? He was awesome, okay? And um, what we did not have, and this is what is definitely skewing perception. We had no wide receivers. None. And,
0: and in fact, we didn't have Devontae for a long time. Right? Yeah, Devon, I'm looking to so Devonte Adams. Um, four games, five games, six games. Yeah, out four games, out four. And, and and at least one of those games is twelve games that he did play. He was at least a decoy. I think it was late in the season. Right, well.
1: maybe even more, right. man, because he was not at full strength. So even with Devonte, mm. they have nobody else. They just have a bunch of other young guys. Okay, so the passing game definitely fell apart for most of it. Now look. Aaron Rodgers still threw for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and four interceptions, right? Yeah. And what kind of world do we live in where that's not a good year? But by his standard, it's not. And so what what happened was, by the way I saw it, is that they would have these moments of productivity. They would get a nice lead, okay? Mm -hmm. And what the defense ended up doing a lot of games was simply holding on, (laughs) Because that and that's what they did. Yeah. They must yeah. have won six or seven games by just holding on. They just their defense just got good enough. The Smith brothers,
0: um, yeah, yeah the, Preston and uh, the Preston other and um,
1: what is this? yeah the other
0: guy's name there? Yeah, they were this. phenomenal. Uh, Zadarius
1: and Zadarius. Yeah. So they won by the skin of their teeth quite often, and in every single win, you'd walk away saying. The offense isn't good. They, yeah, they right. have no passing game.
0: Yeah. Right? And that was kind of the formula. Yeah, you know, and that is that was interesting. And, again, you know, I did pretty well betting them uh, last season because there are these teams that, like you said, they're kind of scraping by. So when they got a bigger line, I kind of moved away from them. When they got a smaller line or when they were underdogs, I kind of went towards them. Um, and I just had a, you know, I was, I was pretty good with them last year. What can you say? But you, you say that, um, you know, the, the team jumped out to kind of uh, leads and then held on. I remember that Minnesota game early in the season. Uh, they jumped out to a 21 to nothing lead quick and then won 21 to 16. Well, yes. And then they did it to Dallas. And yeah. They did it
1: to Carolina. Yeah, and they did it to New York Giants, and I'm sure there's four or five other ones that I'm missing. Yeah. And they got lucky against Detroit at home, and we can go on and on.
0: Yeah, it was uh, yeah that Detroit game, uh, twenty three to twenty two. I remember that as well yeah and and you look at aaron Rodgers' numbers so they say and people are talking about it it's not as reported now um now that we're kind of nearing into 2020 as it was towards the end of last season and right after right after they lost to the the 49ers it was at its height but aaron Rodgers is decline right his decline i guess he's a 4,000 yard passer 62 percent um passer 26 touchdowns and four interceptions he still doesn't turn the ball over, but I think it's highly efficient, highly efficient. I think where the difference is. Um, and we've talked about this before as well, is that Aaron Rodgers 26 touchdowns to four interceptions. Um, Aaron Jones had, what did he have? 16, uh, touchdowns rushing. That's going to eat into the passing, uh, touchdowns of Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I think what worried me, and maybe this is, this is exactly kind of the root of what we were talking about is you describe a lead and then the defense holds on, Right. There are two things there. The defense, yeah, they got to the the quarterback, and I like Petten as a defensive coordinator. Don't get they me got to I the quarterback re- a lot. I, I really like him, but they're not like the 49ers where they are like, holy crap, this defensive line on a whole other level, right? They, they had oh, no, they're they had some not. Teams. They were better.
1: They were better. They were above average. Yeah. because of their pressure it was pretty good, but they were not. Yeah. they weren't the the Niners for sure. Yeah, and, right. And absolutely not
0: and um and i look again at this team and they get these leads but they don't score a ton of points and it reminds me of the old marty schottenheimer way of playing football is is run 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 get the lead and then play conservative in the second half and that Concerns me a bit, and we were talking last week about the AFC North, and we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens being a play from um, a head team. The Green yeah. Bay Packers, you can make that same argument, and and I would say the Ravens actually have the more explosive offense, even though they are a run first team. Well, I think
1: you know your argument is proven correct because the two times that they got you know into a uh, a drought or a deficit early on, uh, both Niner games, that was yeah. it. Yeah, they were that was it. They were done. Like. 15 minutes, 20 minutes into that game, a quarter and a half, they were done both times, so I don't disagree.
0: Yeah, and the, so the uh, the playoff, the first game didn't surprise me at all, to be honest with you, um, when they played on, was it Monday night? You were here for it, you were in Chicago. That was Sunday night. Game, Sunday night football. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, right after that game, you said, well, now I can never watch the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football at your house because, you know, the football gods will pay No, uh, it. No, it. it was actually the Niners because the last two games we watched at your house mm. were against the 49 Yeah right, and they got their ass kicked. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, you can't watch the Green Bay Packers play forty nine. Can't do it. Can't do it. Bad juju. Bad juju. So the um, um, the no that that first one though in the regular season, I saw that that ass kicking coming. Um, Like I was I was heavy on on San Francisco that week because the way I felt was that um, Green Bay. It's hard to prepare for that defensive line of San Francisco. And you can't really prepare for it until you see it. So I I, yeah. I saw that buzzsaw coming. But then I thought when they were playing in the NFC Championship game that um, having seen that speed yeah. and experienced it, it's almost like playing Lamar Jackson or playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You have to see it. You, you can see it on film, but it's different. When you see it, like the track meet stuff, right? How fast at defensive line? How fast Lamar Jackson is? How fast Tariq Hill and the whole Kansas City Chiefs offense is? You have to, you have to experience it. So I felt the NFC Championship game. I still was um, on San Francisco to cover because I thought San Francisco would distance it um, late in the game. But I did not think that Green Bay would lay so much of an egg. Yeah. I mean, they had no yeah. answer for the run game. It's like, come on, guys! You you saw this. I know. You saw this earlier in the year. It's not like they're they're doing anything fancy here. They're just beating the crud out of you, running the ball. I've never seen anything like that, to be honest. It was um, the the one thing that I can remember that trips in my in my brain is uh, Washington versus Detroit in their NFC Championship game, like back in the nineties. Like they couldn't do Detroit, just couldn't stop Washington. Uh, but that was, you know, it, it was just it, it is. It's it's rare to see that big of a butt-kicking in the trenches. I know, I know, and I know. Th- How could that be? Right? Yeah. How could there be
1: such a disparity? What happens there?
0: Yeah, and then what you touched on earlier about Aaron Rodgers and everybody talking about decline, and, and again, it's, it's less now, but right after this game, everybody's talking, especially Colin Coward, which we... Um, I think, rightfully criticized, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he can't throw to another receiver. All he does is just look at where Devontae Adams is and chuck the ball to him. Well, yeah, because they have no receivers, right? They have nobody that can get any kind of separation. And my big concern for them is I look at at their additions and losses this offseason, Brad. They didn't really lose a lot. Um, well, I guess they lost Belaga, um, Jimmy Graham. Nobody's going to be crying, least of all you, Jerome Miles. And nobody's going to be crying over that. <laughs> Blake Martinez, you know, he's a nice player, but he's an inside linebacker. You can replace that. Uh, but who? I liked like, him. Yeah, yeah, nice player, but is he? You know, is he the one that's? You know the, the keys to the franchise and your defense. Oh, no, not by any means. He was, he was
1: strong. He was good. He can be replaced probably for cheaper.
0: Yeah. Right. And, um, and then I look at the additions and they, they got another, um, um, basically a tackle and Devin Funchess, not a ton. And then the draft, which we've talked about on the show before, I did not care for their draft so much. They do have the quarterback of the future, which, you know, I've, I've come around completely on. I'm cool with it now. Um, but what, what bothers me is they didn't really add any speed element to their receiving core in the offseason and you just said it we talked about it they're kind of a play from a head team that gives me some pause i still think they're like a playoff caliber team don't get me wrong but we saw last year that they are in a championship window still yeah why didn't they why didn't they kind of try to really open that up I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Devin Funches is the answer. No, right? I mean he but gives maybe. a nice, He's tall guy gives you a nice other guy in the red zone. But you're you're looking at kind of like the New England Patriots <sighs> last year. You're looking at you know these teams that have receivers that can't separate. Yeah. And how many years
1: of a how many years pro is is Funches?
0: Oh, he's. I mean, he was in in Carolina. I want to say at least five. My guess. Would okay, be five to seven. All right.
1: All right. So he's a veteran then. So yeah. I think, I think that's important because it was Devante and a bunch of what felt like first year guys Yeah. and not even first year guys, but first year guys that were meant to be practice squad guys that just because of circumstance, Found themselves in these games, right? Right. So at least, at least he's an NFL player,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So hey, that's definitely an improvement. Yeah. So true. if you have Devante and you have Funches, and then who's the the young guy that played really well? Lizard. Lizard. Yeah. Right. I actually like Lizard. Yeah, I like I Lizard do. too. I
0: like Lizard as a three or four. I think he's a
1: fantastic three or four.
0: Yeah. So one thing that also concerns me about this offense is work in the middle of the field. No slot guy, you know, no like shifty slot guy like a Julian Edelman or even a poor man's Julian, like Jameson Crowder or a poor man's Julian Edelman. And they didn't, you can find those guys in the draft. And they didn't. We had Randall Cobb. We had that guy and it worked out really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can find those guys in the draft. And I'm sure there's. There's some guys out there that would be willing to do that. You'd have to think. I mean, is is the free agent market so bare these yeah. days? What's happening? Is that I, well, wrong? that's
0: that's the thing is I feel like in, in with the receivers, that was that was another odd thing is the rece- this receiving group was apparently the deepest like of any receiving class ever. And if you're not going to take a guy at the top of the draft, look, I I don't love it. I mean, they, they ended up, the only skill player they got kind of at the top. I, I apologize. They did also add a uh, tight end there. Uh, A.J. Dillon, maybe they want to split that guy out a little bit. But I really, um, my understanding from draft analysis and everything is, is he's more of insurance. When Aaron Jones wants an extension, they have another guy in there. Um but they didn't draft a single receiver in this class. That it's like a thousand receivers got drafted. You can't find one guy that might be able to run in the slot. And now that I'm well, sure they're going to have like undrafted guys. There's going to be some guys in camp that we haven't heard. Maybe some practice squad guys from last year that can ascend. But man, you know my stance on the draft. Yeah, I, I may be the only person in the in the entire
1: country that absolutely agrees with their draft strategy, mm. and uh, I haven't yet wavered on that. Um, Because I'm sick of seeing, I'm sick of seeing young guys at receiver. Yeah. I don't. Look, I don't think it's a position, especially when you're working with someone of Aaron Rodgers' caliber. The guy plays on a different level—not to—not to stroke him, mm-hmm. but he's very advanced and he's very smart. And I'm sure he needs everybody functioning on the same page, which can't be easy, right. especially for a rookie. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of seeing it. I'm sick of him dropping back, and it looks like it looks like he's
0: looking at a place where they're <laughs> supposed to be, and they're not
1: there. That's what it looks like. I, I can't right.
0: Yeah, yeah. He looks like he's rolling his eyes while yes, in the pocket
1: all the time he's and, and he's like, snarky oh. and he's pissy because I think they're supposed to be standing on the 32 and a half, but they're not right. <laughs> they're they went the, the other way and he's like, well, fuck." <laughs> <Pardon> my- <laughs> <laughs> right? that's what it looks like is happening. Yeah, so, you know, if that was happening to you back
0: there, you'd be looking at Devontae too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I I don't think there's any question that, you know, the 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 over-targeting, and I wouldn't say over-targeting, but like the the laser and focus on Devontae, it's had a necessity. We were talking about Jimmy Graham. Um that first San Francisco 49ers game when we were watching it together, um, there was a chance in the second half the game was somewhat cl- it had not been busted open yet. No, I'm sorry, maybe it was the first half, late in the first half. And um, Jimmy Graham goes out. There's a flag route. He's deep. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball. He might have a half a yard of separation, but that's the that's the ball that that Jimmy Graham catches. It just rolls off his hands and yeah. hits the ground. And you of course because uh, like, yeah. you don't like Jimmy Graham. And I said he was one that's, of the biggest disappointments. One I of my say, least favorite Packers. I say that's yeah, the game. I, that's the catch them. you need. That's it. And
1: that's then, the catch you need. That's the moment, right? It reminds me of when when the Chiefs uh, in the Super Bowl, right? They were down. What were they down? Two touchdowns? two scores,
0: something like that. Two scores in the third.
1: They hadn't done anything all day. And then all of a sudden, one of their guys, I think it was Tyreek Hill, makes the play. And it's like, you knew when they made that play. Okay. Like, that's the one. Yeah, Tyreek
0: Hill, it was like the one time that San Francisco actually let him get behind them. Right. And and there um, we go. They're off. And and, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he did a slippery thing. One of his like two or three absolutely insane plays um, where that Super Bowl came down to whether or not San Francisco's defensive line could tackle Patrick Mahomes, and they couldn't. Um, And Patrick Mahomes, it's it's what's fun about sports, man. When you see like the heir apparent, like the next guy, ascend and become the guy, you know, and win his first championship. So cool. Ten year contract, by the way, over five hundred million dollars for Mr. Pat Mahomes. Good for him. Yeah, right. Good Uh, for him. What
1: what did it say? He's he's my buddy figured it out, or maybe it was a meme. He's going to be earning. $100,000 $100,000 a day for the next 10 years.
0: That's, that's nice. Isn't that crazy? That's nice.
1: <sighs> My God.
0: I wish I could do that. I may, I'll i be, be, be lucky coming. to earn um, 500 pennies a day over that. Uh, yeah, well, no, it's coming your way. Yeah. Can I borrow some of them pennies? Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. Please. Yep, sure, I'll throw them your way. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about over-under uh, for the season uh, for Green Bay. Green Bay, mine has their over-under win total at 9 Nine flat, no half there. It's surprising for me. I'm going to go over. What about you? Yeah, look, I I don't think they're a 13-3 team. I don't think they were last year. Minnesota, it's interesting. We'll talk about them in a bit. Minnesota, I thought, was the best team heading into the offseason. Then they lost a ton of pieces. Um, So it's a shifting division. I do think Chicago will be better. Again, we'll talk about them in a bit. Um, But... Look, this is one of those ones where I think Green Bay will land on the over um, because you know, even if they lose three more games than last year, they're still 10 and 16. I think there's a lot of fight, but I think there's enough wins in this division to go around. I just wouldn't put my money on it uh, personally. But if I'm going to make a pick, it's going to be the over. Brad, before we talk about the Chicago Bears here, let me talk about our good friends and the exclusive partners at Podcast 1, BetOnline. Uh take advantage everybody of the best bonuses in the business. Everybody remember visit betonline.ag. You got the NFL coming back. We're talking about overs uh, and unders for the season total. It's wonderful you got the NBA set to break camp. Oh yeah, you got uh MLB and their uh I guess uh their they're skinny down uh, preseason as well. They're spring training. Uh, they're going to be starting games this month as well. Sports is back, everybody. It's very, very nice. Remember, everybody, uh, visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code podcast one for your 50% sign up bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, buddy. So Chicago Bears, uh, okay. Mitch Trubisky, uh, he's not going to be the starter this year. But why don't you just talk about Mitch Trubisky, and then I'll go on my little rant, and then we can get get on with the rest of the segment.
1: Well, I don't think he's that good, to be honest. I never thought he was that good, and uh, I don't think he has what it takes. And the reason I say that is because we've seen him for how many years now? Three? Yeah. Three? Yeah. Okay, so the way the league is these days, and correct me if you think otherwise, is that you can kind of – a quarterback can have immediate success. You can see, like, okay, damn, that guy, once he polishes himself up, like this guy's going to be fierce, right? And it doesn't yeah. take long anymore, it just doesn't. So I think we've seen what Mitch Trubisky is, and it ain't that great. Yeah. And that's that's the end of my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I hear you. So Chicago Bears uh, last year, they're actually an eight and eight team. Interestingly enough, um, they're one of those kind of records that surprises me. They actually started last year. Um, I can't believe this. They started three and one, um, which. To me, defies logic. Uh, but they, they ended up eking out three wins, um, and then uh, then they lost. Then they lost a lot. Um, but you know, 500 team, not bad. Mitch Trubisky again, kind of interestingly enough, eight and seven last year as a quarterback. But the big difference for the Chicago Bears team, uh, as I was telling, I live in the Chicago area, and uh, you know, some of my. Uh, in-laws, of course, they're they're big Chicago, they're lifelong Chicagoans, so they're big Chicago Bears fans. And I told them going into the last season, I said, look, you know, you can't lose the heart and soul of your defense, and it's not Khalil Mack, it's, it's uh, Fangio, your, your defensive coordinator. You can't lose him and not expect any drop-off. Secondly, we talked about this with uh, the New England Patriots a couple weeks ago. When you have one of those all-time defenses, as the Chicago Bears did in 2018, it's hard to keep that defense up. You know, like we've seen the Ravens do it um, for a stretch. Uh, you know, a decade ago, we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two decades ago do it. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do. Okay. So you lose your defensive coordinator. You lose some continuity. You lose a piece here, a piece there. New defensive coordinator comes in, starts kind of installing his some of his own concepts. Look, they're a good defense last year. Don't get me There They were a great defense last year, but they weren't the absolute unquestioned NFL dominant defense they were two years ago. And they needed that. Yeah. To make the playoffs two years ago, wasn't two years ago in the year that Mac just yeah, like just went crazy. every single game he like
1: dictated it in the backfield. He was in the backfield picking up fumbles, causing you know creating turnovers. Yeah, he was he was that guy, and he, we didn't see that last year, right? No, was he was he injured or what? No, no, he no, happen? he
0: was there. I think I, I think it's a combination of different concepts. Now he's again again he's a, we're we're split in hairs here because he's a great player regardless, but. um it's just different, you know? You have a different defensive head, different defensive mind coming in there, thinking up ways. This guy's dreaming up ways to to put Khalil Mack in space. And uh, no disrespect um, to, uh, to their new... Chuck Pagano, you know, the newer defensive coordinator there. He's a very good defensive coordinator. They run very similar systems. But it's just not the same, man. You can't go from Bill Belichick to Jeff McDaniel's New England in a few years and expect no drop-off. It's just yeah. not going to yeah. happen. There's a different level... Of coaching there and Fanchi has been great everywhere. And so, like, as I was telling again, these Chicago Bears fans, is like, look, you're going to need Mitch Trubisky to step up in a big way this year. Um, NFL teams, you know, it was Matt Nagy who's coming to his uh, his second season there. They, they have a full offseason of tape. They have a full offseason of tape on Khalil Mack in the system. Um, they know what Pagano is going to want to do. Look, man, this is going to be a hard, this is, it's not. You can't just chalk up nine wins. That's not the way this this uh, this NFL works, especially in sure. this division with Green Bay and Minnesota. And right. so, like, I wasn't surprised by Chicago. Um, but Trubisky was holding them back. Um, and I think that's pretty clear. And they're trying to make him a passer. And if you look at his stats, Brad, this is kind of funny, too. If you look at... His passing stats, he's a sixty three percent passer. So you look at that and think, Well, you know, I mean, okay, Aaron Rodgers is only sixty two percent passer, but his yardage, Brad, three thousand one hundred and thirty eight. Yeah. yeah, he's like uh, Dak Prescott
1: Light. Dak right? Prescott like, light. As boring and like average and kind of mundane as we claim Dak Prescott to be. He's that, but even even more so or he's, less.
0: He's like a slightly more efficient to me, Josh Allen. Um, without Josh Allen's size and ability to run people over on the goal line, uh, mm-hmm. seventeen touchdowns, ten interceptions. Look, that's just not going to get it done. And that's yeah, why it's it, not it, good. No, um, and, and you're not going to win games like that. And that's why I was saying, you know, even even if the Chicago Bears defense was ninety percent of what they were in twenty eighteen. That's not going to be enough uh, enough to get them into the playoffs because I didn't believe that Trubisky is going to take the next step and that's where I think the Chicago fans, uh, at least locally, um, were arguing with me personally last year. So they thought Trubisky, second year in this offense, was going to take a step forward. I thought he was going to take a step back. Um, eight and seven. He did still have a winning record though, um, which again I look at this and coming into this, I would have thought the Bears were seven and nine and he would have been under five hundred. Um, but he was eight and seven. Chase Daniel lost a game. Uh, but 17 touchdowns in today's NFL, man. Come on, man. Uh, one touchdown pass a game, not going to get it done. Just not good enough. And that's that's the key here. Um, I really don't think there's any anything else to say. Now the difference that we're going to get this year in 2020, Nick Foles is, I, I'd say 90 to 95 percent chance he's going to be the starter. I would be shocked if um, if Foles plays poorly enough that uh, Trubisky ends up unseating him as the starter. It is possible there will be a training camp battle. But Nick Foles coming in here, man, he, he's got that mojo. He's almost got, like, that Ryan Fitzpatrick mojo. I don't really I was just going to say, I was just going to say, he's not he's not the best guy ever, but he could come
1: in and throw for five touchdowns and create some type of energy. Him and Fitzpatrick, they both can come in and create an energy of airing it out, man, Yeah. And having fun out there, and, and guys streaking down for an 80-yard bomb, and they've done it, and it's like... It's not that he's better than Trubisky, but for some reason the, the momentum he brings is is better. Yeah, right? and it's
0: I think it's yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. So like I, I would say Foles is better than Fitzpatrick, but the reason and I think you you and I agree here, the reason I liken those two together is you look at these quarterbacks, right? And if Foles if Falls laid an egg in that Super Bowl, or if he didn't ever get in the game and went, you know, played that Super Bowl, you know, we'd be looking at this, and be like Nick Foles, like so. Foles is bringing sure. some cachet because of that game he had, right, um, and that run that he had with the Eagles. But you look at him; I mean, he he was a, he was kind of a retread in, the, in this league for a while. So that's kind of the brain I'm putting on him from a better stand, standpoint. But what Fitzpatrick, who we talked about with the Miami Dolphins a couple weeks ago, Fitzpatrick's basically a lifetime eight and eight quarterback. Not going to win you a ton of games, not going to lose you a ton of games, but he's going to keep you in the race. But what Fitzpatrick can do and what Nick Foles can do is maybe two to three times a season, like you said, Brad, he's going to put up 300 yards, 400 yards, five touchdowns, and he's going to win you a game because he is just laser dialed in. And that's something that Trubisky cannot do. Um, So I look at this team, and I think your your floor as Nick Foles is you're at Trubisky's level, right? Yeah. Let's say – 12 games a year, you play Nick Foles, uh, or you play like Mitch Trubisky like numbers where you're pretty efficient. Maybe you turn the ball over um, a little bit more, but you also get more touchdowns, right? But then three to four weeks a season, you're going to get that four to five touchdown like burst and be like, holy crap, he looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah, right. And is that enough to push them into the playoff conversation? An eight and eight team last year, I like this defense to rebound a little bit second year in this defense uh, defensive system I I do like that the transition years behind this defense I think I don't think they're gonna be like the 2018 bears because I don't think any defense can really do that for a long time um, but uh, there I think they'll be slightly improved. From a personnel standpoint, Brad, they did lose some pieces. They lose uh, Clinton Dix, who you're familiar with from his, the time in Green Bay. They lose Oof. Leonard Floyd at linebacker. They lose Nick Williams. Um, they they do lose some pieces. Uh, T- Taylor Gabriel, in my opinion, is an underrated uh, receiver. Um, he's gone. They add Nick Foles. They add Robert Quinn from Dallas. They add Jimmy Graham again, who you're familiar with, um, at tight end as well as a kind of a rookie tight end. Um, and they add Ted Ginn Jr., who's about 87 years old. I think he came to the league with Frank Gore. <laughs> Not really, but he's old. You know, this team more, what I'm trying to illustrate here is this team lost some pieces, but I think they're going to be more of the same. The big change here is Foles and how efficient he can be. So let me hit you with the over-under win total, Brad. Uh, the Chicago Bears, according to Bet Online, 8.5 mm. wins. So they they think I- that they're a half game better than last year. What do you think?
1: Uh, I would go under. That half a game causes me to go under. I think a safe bet is that they win eight,
0: but probably win seven. Yeah, this one's super tough for me. I, again, I, I, I said Green Bay on the over, but I wouldn't bet on it. Um, same here for Chicago. I think I'm on the under because of that half game, and um, and I'm not going to bet on it. Because the, the falls factor, man, Like I just don't know what we're going to get. I, I do think the defense is going to be better. Trubisky can't pass the ball downfield; like he just doesn't have that ability. He'll throw it up to um, Allen Robinson, very talented wide receiver, but he's not creating stuff downfield. Foles brings a different element as a yeah. passer. Yeah, I think
1: Trubisky actually gets worse this year. I think there's more film on him. Yeah, I think that they you know yeah, I agree. They know his tendencies. He's not going to get better at this point. Last year I think
0: would have been the year where he ascended and peaked. Um and obviously it didn't happen. So that's that's the wrap on that. Yeah, we saw them go on a run late in the year and Trubisky for the first part of the year trying it was almost like you mentioned Dak Prescott, which is kind of funny, um, because I, I think these are similar. Like Dak Prescott, it drives me crazy that he doesn't use his legs as much as I'd like him to. And that doesn't mean run, but like Russell Wilson, you'd think of him as a quarterback that uses his legs. He hasn't run in like two or three years, but he evades in the pocket. Patrick Mahomes isn't a runner, but he evades people in the pocket. Like like Dak Prescott, you know, I think he's he's limiting himself by not using his athleticism. I think Trubisky was doing that early in the year. He did get a little bit more slippery and run a little bit more and and, and move the offense. And I think he had to do that. I think he recognized that. Hey, I'm not I'm not good enough to be a pocket passer, and I'm not going to be. So, yeah, I, I'm on the under here, man. I, I think that um, I think this division is a little bit tough. Green Bay and Minnesota, Eh, not my favorite, right? So anyway, we'll wrap that up. Okay, next uh, team on the list here. We got the Detroit Lions. By the way, I've been forgetting to do this for the uh, audience here. 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide, everybody, uh, is available. Don't worry about the 2020 season if you're worried about it being canceled. If you buy the book and sign up for the updates, I'll give you free updates for 2021 if there's any cancellation of games. But I'm not even worried about that. Um, Free updates throughout the offseason, though, uh, and then also Better Sleepers. So check it out in the link below. Brad, Detroit Lions, man. Ugh. Yeah, yes, he's right. uh, yeah, is right. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know. so look, let, let, let's talk about the good, okay? Um, let's find the good because I I do not like Matt Patricia, and I don't think Detroit fans like Matt Patricia either. Every since he came, he came in a little hot. I think he irked some of these uh, Detroit Lions like players and everything. You know, not a big believer um, in his coaching ability, but um, last year Matt Stafford. He was looking like one of the NFL's best passers last year, and then he got hurt, and you know, with the back again, unfortunately, and uh, out for the rest of the season. So, eh, you know, they were okay. They were kind of hovering around that five hundred mark when Matt Stafford got hurt. They have talented receivers; they can put up points, but then the rest, you know, this team goes uh, what were they three twelve and one last year? Oof. Oof! I think they were Detroit, three. And come on, man. Yeah, there are three. There were three, three and one when Stafford got hurt, um, and then they lost every game after that in the rest of the season. They couldn't get anything together, and they didn't have anything behind them at quarterback. But I don't know, man. Like I don't. I'm gonna hit you with the they line try? later. You're gonna be. I think you're gonna be surprised at the line. So I'm gonna ask you to guess it later when we get to that segment. But okay. look, this team could put up points. I think they're kind of, kind of close to being on the verge of a 500 team. But Matt Stafford, man, he's had back injuries a couple times. It's kind of giving me that Tony Romo vibe, man. Like, you know, is the next injury gonna be the last one for Stafford? He's made a ton of money. Yeah, well, I
1: mean, Stafford's one of those guys, and I remember talking about him when I was sitting in the help desk, right? Yeah, this right. Is, yeah. This is 10, 12 years ago. So uh it's it's he's gotta be on his way out. He's gotta be on the descent, right? So he could be an injury away from that's it and being replaced. And to be honest, I think that I actually don't like it when Green Bay goes against Stafford. I feel like it's, that's no easy yeah. victory no matter what their record is because he can ball, and he's had a lot of success against against Green Bay. But I, I think he's the reason why their franchise hasn't moved up. I think he's one of those guys that keeps you in this weird limbo because he's he has stats and he can play, but there's no real substance to it. We've spoken about this. I think the best thing for Detroit would be to move on, save that money, and just start over.
0: Yeah, it is. You get, you get to a point, and Detroit, and I know Detroit fans will hate that because they love Stafford. I don't know if that's changed since you know, he's getting older and, and all that stuff. Right? I think Carolina they like Panthers, him a little bit less. Yeah, Carolina Panthers fans used to love Cam Newton. They were ready for Teddy Bridgewater. You know? so, so things do change, but let me tell you this, man. So eight games last year, dude was on pace. For his best year in the NFL, uh, in his NFL you know history, and he's had some b- big seasons. He was on pace for five thousand yards again, um, close to forty touchdowns and ten interceptions. I mean, this dude was on pace for a monster year, and sure. I mean, it's just interesting. You get Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones back there uh, receiving the ball, and they actually added some pieces in the offense this year. So this team, you know, is interesting. But to me, like the the problem, the problem is Matt Patricia. I just have never been a believer yeah. in him, man. Like, I feel like – we talked about this, uh, I think, last week, uh, maybe with Cincinnati and, uh, and and Taylor there, Zach Taylor. It's – you know, sometimes you see a coach, and we compared him, uh, Zach Taylor, to uh, to uh, uh, Bolas in um, Miami. Sometimes you watch a team, right, like the Miami Dolphins last year. You see this team, and they fu- they're they losing. They're getting their butts kicked, but they're the entire defense is swarming to the football, and they're trying, right? When you see that, you're like, this team likes their head coach and they're buying in. Then you see a team like Cincinnati last year, or you see Detroit the last two years with Matt Patricia, and you see them... Just not fighting for their coach. I don't think they like Matt Patricia. I think yeah, he lost maybe them. They don't.
1: You know, it's, it's, it can't. You know, to get a a group of alpha males to buy into what you're trying to do can't be easy. No, right. And I don't think that as a coordinator or whatever he was in New England, New England. Everyone's bought in because it's Belichick's system and he's gotta buy into it. It's not his system. He's yeah, he's right. bought in, right? Right. You don't have to create that culture. You're in it. And
0: if you're not on board, you're out, right? And and these uh, days, the idea of old school football management, I think, is dead. Like Belichick gets away with it because he's had success and he's been in New England so long. If Belichick moved on to a different franchise, maybe Belichick gets away with it, but it's I don't think Matt Patricia who was up and down as a coordinator? He's a defensive coordinator, so it's Belichick's defense anyway. He comes in and he tries to instill the Patriot way in an organization that already has some talent there, and they've had playoff runs with with other coaches in the past. I just, I, I just think he lost them from day one, and you know he's been systematically getting rid of their best defensive players. Interestingly, because the defensive they don't like him. You got a safety that they got rid of uh, in the middle of the season last year. Darius Slay, they get rid of this year, um, who's gone to Philadelphia. I just, man, I don't like the management. And it's not even about the team to me. It's it's like Stafford, I can see it in this offense. I like I like the offensive coordinator. I like Daryl Bevel a lot. Um, you had DeAndre Swift in the draft. I think your running backs are much better. There were some injury issues last year. We talked about the receivers. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think, is underrated. He came in with a lot of hype last year. Uh, didn't hit expectations, but again, Matthew Stafford was out for eight games, so he didn't really have a lot of chance to hit expectations. I, there is a lot to like on the offensive side of the ball, but the defense, man, I think I think Patricia has really screwed this franchise, um, and I think they need yeah. to get rid of him. I think that you know there is something to say about continuity, and I do like giving coaches continuity when I see that the players have bought in. But what they did basically this offseason, I think, is they handed the keys. Uh, they imported a bunch of old New England guys. Um Harmon they get uh Danny Shelton they get. Um, you know, Matt Patricia basically I think has the next year to say, hey, look, we better see some improvement here because he's gone from six and ten his first season to three uh three twelve and one his uh second season into whatever this is gonna be. I don't know, man. I get rid of Patricia. I would rather have Daryl Bevel as the head coach if I'm a yeah, Detroit right. Lions fan. I just, right. I would. I'm
1: sorry, you I know, would. You know, I know that Cowherd comes out with some stuff that's a little bit ludicrous and off the wall. Like, you don't want your quarterback to wear a backwards hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he's on to something with the fact that Patricia, just much like the Cleveland Browns head coach, whoever that fat piece of crap was, what was his name? Oh, Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens. Yeah. You just kind of... Like that's that's not a head coach. That guy right there is not a head coach. Yeah. And that doesn't mean he can't be a linebacker coach. And that doesn't mean he can't be a D coordinator. And that's awesome to be those things. Mm. But if, but by way of uh, head coach,
0: creating culture, getting others to believe you to be smart enough to get people to buy in, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it is a whole different ball game. And I'll say this we, because we rail on the new the idea of the New England Patriots um coordinator, right? I just mentioned uh, Brian Flores in um in Miami. Uh I, I I railed against the hiring because I don't like New England Patriots coordinators. I think he did a fantastic job in his first year and I think Miami's going to surprise some people this year. Again, because he he has buy-in. You look at Mike Tomlin who we talked about last week. Tomlin has that locker room, man. They'll fight for him. Um, Joe Judge another New England Patriots coordinator special teams coordinator who's now the head coach of the New, New York Giants I feel like he might have some juice there um, we'll see what happens there I just don't think Patricia's it I think Detroit would be better off if they fire him and go to Daryl Bevel we'll see what happens but what do you think Brad if I asked you what what you would say would be the odds like if you placed an over under if you were Vegas right you're putting over under on the Detroit Lions season win total what would you, what would the line be from your point of view I think having
1: Stafford and he's competent,
0: mm-hmm. um, I would put it at six, six and a half. That's exactly where it is, six and a half. Oh, okay. So Sorry. let me ask you now as a better, which side do you want to be on in that half game? Uh, hmm. Yeah. I know. On that half
1: game, on that half game, uh, I would go under.
0: That's a tough bet, man.
1: Man, it is a tough bet. I you know, you know I, I think Green Bay and Minnesota swallow up a lot of those wins, to be honest. And Chicago it's will be tough. better. And Chicago, yeah. Right. I think they get they get the wins also.
0: Just basically like it's always been happening. Yeah, right. It's man, that's a tough one. I came into this segment fully ready to go on the under and just man, Stafford is Stafford is good enough, I think, this year, if he can stay healthy to win seven games. I think I think they could be a seven and nine team. I have no faith that Patricia can get anything done. So this team is going to have to outscore people. Man, this is a tough bet. This is a really tough bet. I don't like any of the bets so far. I don't like any of the value in this division from what we've been talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the bold move. I'll go on the over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't love it because Stafford has to play a full 16. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Oh, man, that's I know. a tough. That's a tough. That's a tough. All right, uh, let's move to the 2020 Minnesota Vikings. But before we do, again, everybody, the 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Giraffe Guide available on Amazon.com. Free updates throughout the offseason. Um, I also, get, you know, have some free uh giveaways, some freebies, so uh, you can sign up for the updates, and I'll get you the latest information. It's the latest published dr- guide. It has, oh, it is always the most up to date. Um, so once again, click that link below in Amazon.com. Better sleepers, better draft strategy. It's just the best thing out there, baby. So uh, the 2020 Minnesota Vikings. Let's let's start with this. The 2019 Minnesota Vikings. I like them, man. Kirk Cousins took a little bit of a step forward for me. Do you agree? Um. Yeah because <laughs> well, he won a playoff game i guess so
1: yeah he won a playoff game he won so a playoff a game forward. and he won some yeah.
0: primetime games man he put he put the team you know on his shoulder a couple times when they needed him um this is still a run team gary kubiak taking over um the offense to be a run first team you know he's still got he's still a runner uh i'm sorry not Kirk cousins but the the, the offense is still a running offense Kirk cousins man 69 percent passer 26 touchdowns six interceptions efficient um, he played well. I want to
1: say this, though, and I know I'm going to sound like a hater. Minnesota has a great roster. Dude, Do you they're agree? Good, man. They're yeah. really good. They're and good. I think that their, their receiving core is really good.
0: Yeah, I, Not I agree. Not as good now that what's his name left? Stephon and Diggs were, is gone. Stephon Diggs right. is gone. So it's funny. So I'm looking at their, their losses, right? And I, I say again, um, I said at the top of the show, coming into the offseason, Minnesota was my team in the NFC North. I thought that they – um, even though they didn't win the division, I thought they were the better team last year. I really do think that they were better than the green Bay Packers. They just didn't have a better record. Um, and what that means is like, similarly, um, I thought Kansas city going into the playoffs was better than Baltimore. You know, every, even all the hype was around them. I would say the same is true for me for Minnesota. I thought Minnesota was the better team than green Bay, but green Bay, you know, made the, uh, made the NFC championships good for them. They lose a lot of pieces, Brad, a lot of pieces, mm, um, especially mm. at cornerback. Their defense didn't play well to start the year, but they kind of got things going towards the end of the year. They didn't add a ton um, in free agency, but when they traded Diggs away, basically what they did is they traded Diggs away. Um, you still have Adam Thielen on one side. Now they have what a lot of people think might be the most NFL-ready receiver in Justin Jefferson um, on the other side, although, this is, again, this is a great um, offensive class, and I would say my favorite receiver this year personally is uh, Ruggs. Um, In Oakland, I'm sorry, not Oakland, Las Vegas. Um, But um, yeah, Justin Jefferson, he should be able to come right away and and make an impact. But they also have, they don't have to rely on him because I think Ola B.C. Johnson did well when Thielen was hurt. So they have something on the other side. They add Tajay Sharp and free agency as well. So they added some veteran leadership. Um, you know, they lose Kevin Stefanski, who goes to Cleveland, which I think would hurt, except I think Gary Kubiak's actually a better offensive coordinator and has the track record to prove it, and including a Super Bowl win as a head coach. Um, and their draft class, dude, is loaded. They had like 80 picks and just reloaded the cupboard. And so when Green Bay, I thought Green Bay could have taken control of this division with a good free agent signing at either tight end or, or um, receiver. And they didn't do it. Um, and then we talked about the draft already with them. They decided not to do that. To me, it was one or the other. you gotta you gotta bring some talent into that receiving group. Green Bay didn't do that. Minnesota, I think, is as as good, if not better offensively, this year than they were last year, which is, you know a compliment, a significant compliment. And I think the defense is going to be similar because they have so many pieces. I think the defense is going to struggle um, to start the year, but this is a Zimmer-led defense. They're going to be good. Um, and by the end of the year, I think it'll be very similar. By the end of the year, I think we're going to be looking at Minnesota as probably the best team in this division. Um, I think it wouldn't shock me if, if at eight games into the season, we see Minnesota at like, you know, four and four, five and three, and people be like, oh, you know, what's going on with Minnesota? And then they go on a little bit of a run to end the year. But I'm going to throw it back to you, Brad. How do you feel about that? I think that Minnesota is a fantastic
1: team. They're always the one where it's like, ah, come on, they're they're the ones. And I disagree. I am curious though, is why you're always tipping the hat towards Minnesota and not Green Bay? What is that about you? Tell me. <laughs> well, first of all, I like to,
0: to bother you. I, I think that. Yeah, well, that's true. Beyond yeah. Yeah. that. Yes, yes. So check, check that off the list. Check that one off. No, that's I understood. mean, I just, I like the way, and it's funny you say that because the YouTube, our YouTube audience, like, swears that I, I hate Minnesota. Um,. I just think that they're because or- I think yeah sorry sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I th- it, it, there's a couple there's a couple things. First of all, I think um, Zimmer is completely underrated as a head coach. We we're talking mm-hmm. about how Tomlin's a little underrated, but he's still in the upper echelon. Like Zimmer's a really good coach. Um, they have kind of that program. I talk about program a lot on the show. You know this uh, the New England Patriots program. You know do they have an ability to draft and to teach players to where if there's an injury another guy can step up and play well? I love their depth more than any other team in this division, right? Um, mm-hmm. They do have depth, I'll give you that. Um, although with Green Bay now adding uh, Love in the draft, they can withstand an injury to, to uh, Aaron Rodgers better than, you know, the Minnesota Vikings could withstand an injury to Kirk Cousins at this point. So there's more of a liability there. Um, so I would mm-hmm. say that's that's an affirmative, I guess, in the, um, in the uh, Green Bay Packers category. I like their draft class a lot. And I love that this team, when they traded Diggs, who was, he was kind of some noise last year. He's a receiver. I'm not a big fan of paying receiver. And they had, they paid two of them in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. So they get him off the books. They add in a talented receiver behind him. They already had some depth at wide receiver. And then you add a draft class that's serious. I'm going to count the picks up. 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So 15 draft picks in this class, which is a monster class. And as you know, Brad, the draft is, we talked about this on the show, the draft is not an exact science, but what has proven out year in and year out is volume gets you players. It gets you more chances at finding a special player. And so when you can add 15 draft picks to a team that was already good, you get rid of some of the age, you get rid of some of the salary. And I don't think that Green Bay did enough because I really think they can't work the middle of the field because they don't really have a great answer at tight end or slot receiver. They don't have a lot of over-the-top stuff. You can double-cover Devontae Adams still over the top and kind of neutralize the explosiveness of the Green Bay offense. And so all those factors together – push me back in Minnesota's direction. Whereas oh. Green Bay, literally, if they had added a speed, like if they had made a splurge inside Robbie Anderson, who's not the, the best receiver of all time, but he gives you some over-the-top potential. If they sure, had signed sure. him, Green Bay Something, would have Something, anybody, anybody, anything.
1: I know, I know, if they anybody.
0: Had, if they had signed Robbie Anderson, they would have been back to possibly NFC championship game, but definitely um, divisional round playoff uh, and best team in the division for 2020. But they didn't do that. Um, in yeah. Minnesota, like, although they got weaker with Stefan Diggs leaving, I think they get stronger with Gary Kubiak coming in because what I do know about Kubiak and the Shanahan offensive philosophy is even if you don't have the best receivers in the world, the scheme is going to get receivers open. It's just, even if your receivers are bad, they're going to be open because the scheme mm. is that complex and that good. And Kirk Cousins knows that scheme. So I think we're actually gonna see more passing from Minnesota this year in mm. a good way. And uh yeah, man. And I love their running back, uh Deva- Dalvin Cook I love, but I also love their backup he's a, Alexander Madison. I think he's good and nobody knows yeah. who he is. So they're good they're
1: a strong roster.
0: They're man, very, and, and top they're, to bottom, dude, like
1: Minnesota has been
0: well rounded
1: and, and very balanced for five years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean they've they've had a really good roster for quite some time now. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah, and so that's why like Green Bay, I think they really and it I like Green Bay, I really do. Um You know, and I like Minnesota too. I like I like these like old school teams generally because I don't really root for a team anymore. So I like themes. Like I like to see Green Bay and Minnesota both good and you know, that last week of the season they're playing for the division. I wanna see that as an NFL fan, right? Like I like when Chicago's good, but when I think of Chicago from when I was growing up, I think of like winning games six to three. That's not like that's not the fun side of the NFL for me because I like points. Like i like to see in this NFC North, I'd like to see Minnesota and Green Bay battling it out. I like to see um, Dallas and like the Washington Redskins battle out just because that's like, to me what the NFL is Washington Redskins for now. We'll see if that name survives this season. I think it will survive this season by the way, and, and be changed next year, but we'll see. Um, you know, I like to see the Ravens and the Steelers battle it out. I want to see these teams be, be good. And it frustrated me when Green Bay, Although they got their butts kicked in the NFC Championship game, I really thought they were another receiver, maybe a tight end, and a piece of defense away from being able to really compete with San Francisco in that game. And they yeah. kind of whiffed on that, man. It kind of ticked me off, to be honest with you. I know,
1: I know. They did whiff. It was a huge whiff. It was a total. It was so ridiculous. It's such a man. weenie move, dude.
0: Like, I, yeah, like, what I do you, know. Look, the, the love thing, drafting the quarterback in the first round, <clears throat> look, I don't mind it, but when you stack that with not getting a receiver in the draft and then not getting a receiver in free agency or a tight end, like, get... get come on, guys. Like, come on. Like, you watch the games. Know, we watch the games. We I know it. Green Bay's yeah. missing, and you, you whiff. I'm not saying you got to go out... Like, Robbie Anderson, he, he made a lot of money. You don't have to sign him, but you can't find a speedy guy with some... um. You, you know and that's the dimension this offense needs it needs speed over the top and precise route running on you know underneath you can't find a guy making 2 or 3 million bucks a year in free agent you can't find a guy like that you can't I know I know, I know these draft picks that we were talking about like Houston was trying to trade its whole team away they have a guy named Kiki QT who's a great slot a uh, great slot receiver and Houston for some reason he's in the doghouse with Bill O'Brien you can't trade a 7th round pick for a guy that's made some noise in some NFL games, like they just, I feel like this general managing office. I know there's a Vikings segment, but they just whiffed, dude. Like, right, right. I thought, man, out I of know. all the teams in an off season, yeah. But man. but Sean, I know I, I keep
1: saying this. You say whiff, and I say, well, a rookie wide receiver is not the answer. But it's I, not. I,
0: but but I, and I, I'm fine with that. They have those. I, I I'm fine with that, but. You gotta make a move, like one or the other. If you whiff in free Whoa. agency, you gotta find a you gotta find one in the draft. And I think they should have signed one. And not Devin Funches. Yeah, you know, like Funches, I, I like Funches, by the way. I think he's underrated. I think he's gonna be a really nice red zone target. Well, but, so
1: maybe he's a great number two. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's the one.
0: Yeah, number two is right, right in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. So Minnesota, like I'm I'm sorry, I think their organization is just kind of running circles around the Green Bay Packers organization at this point. With respect to the to the Brian Love pick, I think you know getting your neck your quarterback that's going to be able to run that offense for the next ten years. I think fantastic they they can do that. But gosh, man, give them some weapons. Aaron Rodgers. We we're just talking about it. Like Aaron Rodgers it looks like he's regressing in statistically, but it's because his receivers can't get any separation. Yeah, it, shit, it, it is. They can't. They're
1: not doing anything out there. It's like the look, whole.
0: It's the worst part of their of their team. It's the worst unit. Everything that we're going to need to see is everybody's talking crap about Tom Brady last year in New England about how he's done, he's too old, and all that stuff. You watch what he does in Tampa Bay this year with um, with Godwin and Mike Evans and Gronkowski and all yeah, the and right, this pa- right, downfield right. passing.
1: These guys are so smart and tenured that they they can play deep into their you know. And Rodgers is still in the prime of
0: his career, man. Like, right, and
1: he's still, he's still at the top of his game, for sure. Maybe he's on hole number 12 and yeah, not on hole right? 9. But, yeah, yeah. but he's only on 12, right?
0: Still so a lot of golf left, right?
1: Some, he's got a lot of balls to hit left.
0: Yeah, man. So like, I, I, I think if I'm Rodgers, I'd be pissed. Um, Minnesota, I think what, with what they did this offseason, uh, off I really think that they've, as an organization, moved to the class of the division. Um, whereas Green Bay could have actually – I always felt like Minnesota would probably be the better long-term sustainable organization, but I felt like Green Bay could take the, take the reins for the next, like, two years, maybe three years. And i got to say, Minnesota didn't lose much. So I think the division is more competitive, but let me hit you with the over-underbred now with Minnesota. Nine wins for Minnesota Vikings this year. I'll go over. Yeah. I'm safe on the yeah. over. They're my favorite team in the division this year. So, I was over on the Packers, kind of inch over and um and I'm I'm over. This is the best value I think in the division. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, the only re- re- way they wouldn't hit the over is if Kirk Cousins gets hurt and they have to go to a backup that they don't like. So, there it is, brother. Um, everybody, I think that's the show. Uh, you can check out the 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide. Once again, Amazon.com, better sleepers, uh, better draft strategy, free updates throughout the offseason. Click the link below. We're about to hit camp, everybody. We're like only like a week away from training camp, which is fantastic. Uh, so check that out. Brad, anything else to uh, to say to the crowd before we really, uh, uh, close down the show? Talking so about fingers crossed for football actually happening. Yeah, no, I know. I think I think it will, man, But let's hope you know. Let's hope people don't screw it up. Let's just say that. Um, hey, everybody out there, uh, stay healthy. Go out, make some bets, and get paid you want to get paid then get paid Sean and Brad help you with the games from the fantasy to the gambling you the NFL experts help you win you better tune in for the two hosts they know everything from the players to the coaches so get paid on a Sunday because the team right here know the game the most from shot to the Florida coast got swag got butter with the toast Brad's a washed up model don't hate on that Sean writes the fantasy football almanac so quit that losing time to win we talk fantasy or real whatever you win you're gonna wish this podcast never end now get ready for the best show to begin let's go